All right, a couple of weeks back on the program, we told more adventures of Costa Rica, but we have so much fun telling these tales that we want to tell some more. So help, re returning to the program to help me do that are my good pals, Elise Howell. Welcome back, Elise. Thanks. And live from uh, San Jose, California, Gordon Smith. Welcome back, Gordon. Thank you, Doug. This will be better than home movies, we promise. <laughs> Uh, we last left off our adventure cavorting around in uh, in Costa Rica uh, in in Monteverde, but I think we should talk about uh, what happened after that, and what people might be able to uh, see in that part of the country because it is kind of one of the national attractions, the volcano at Arenal. Like anything else in the world, you can go somewhere to see something, but nature doesn't necessarily <laughs> cooperate. cooperate. That is absolutely true. Fortunately, I have been to Arenal twice, so I've experienced uh, what it's like to see the volcano erupting and what it's like to not see the <laughs> volcano erupting. Well, and I, definitely one of the things to know about uh, Arenal, which is, of course, one of the premier attractions of, of Costa Rica because, uh, well, who doesn't want to see a volcano an active one. erupting? Right. The weather, however, can be kind of dicey. The volcano is high enough that uh, kind of like Mount Shasta, it, it makes its own weather. And so uh, most of the time it is uh, wreathed in, in cloud. Uh, it rains quite a bit uh, there, too. So it's kind of um, a crapshoot as to whether or not you will, in fact, see the, the volcano erupt or not. When I went with you, Doug, three years ago, we had a spectacular view of red-hot uh, boulders spewing out of uh, vents on the volcano and bounding down the, the, the mountainside. It was quite incredible. This time, not so much. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were accompanied by, you know, cannonade sounds of these, these, these huge explosions that would arrive after you'd see the, the hot rocks uh, spewing about. We assume they were the size of perhaps Volkswagens, but it was, was hard to tell at that distance. And yeah. with me, bummer, <laughs> swing and a miss. But I heard one big booming sound, and it just is um, incentive to go back and try again. So well, great I, excuse, right, to I, come back. I've been, I, it was my fourth visit to that area, and I think my batting average is about 300. I mean, it, it, oh, wow. you, you, you won't see it more often than you will see it. But, Gordon, that time you and I drove up that road and hiked out into a cow pasture, uh, <laughs> literally, was a good ringside seat. Absolutely. Even though I didn't see the volcano erupting, we found this place to stay that had these great hot springs that almost made up for it. Yeah, there, there is hot water available at the base of the mountain, and there are numerous uh, springs, some famous, some not, uh, not so famous. Uh, I, I do want to note that the one that is the most famous and the most high-priced and et cetera is, in the si is located in the site of a former village which was wiped out by the original volcanic explosion back in the 60s, which does give one pause when you're, you're taking the waters. <laughs> I don't care. I, I had a great time at the hot springs. Well, no, I think our hot springs was not in the danger zone. No, it wasn't. It was within yes. the hotel, but it was just so well done and so quiet and... Uh, again, I have to say the planning of Costa Rica to make it wonderful but not very crowded is great. We, we should add, too, that, um, that in that area, we were talking about Monteverde on last, uh, last time on the program, 
to come around this lake. We attempted to drive point A to point B, and as happened in Colombia, also in Costa Rica, sometimes that just doesn't work out. I think, Gordon, you witnessed whole, this whole thing from the back seat as we were trying to find signs and drive along, and it just, they just weren't arriving as, as we expected. Yes, uh, once again, uh, that famous Latin American road signage problem. Lack In other own. words, the near total absence of <laughs> road signs. So uh, GPS, highly advised. I'm not going there yet. I'm still going to try and use uh, the old-fashioned methods, but they, I have to admit they did let us down as we <laughs> kept turning left going, okay, what's our heading now, Elise? Uh, oh, I don't even want to talk about that. 270. <laughs> we're going way too far west. We better ask somebody, and when we get out to ask the guy, is <laughs> that sort of hangdog look like, oh, no, senor, you might as well keep going down now. <laughs> well, I thought the best part was when you guys got at the more the lower point of frustration and said that you were going to come back with a can of paint and some wood wood strips and mark it for people that was good you think we good. jest yeah no i don't i just we're, thought no, it was we're, great we're, we're coming gonna, back coming back and making signs we're gonna for make people. signs and just say Tilaron left <laughs> anyway it was good we're all you know we all are good, good well stuff I, like that. I, this this is interesting because we should mention monteverde would probably otherwise be overrun with tourism from people taking buses out from San Jose or coming around from where the volcano is, because as the crow flies, it's not very far away. But in their wisdom, the good people in Monteverde have decided that their salvation lies in crappy roads. That's right. They do a good job, too. <laughs> bump it bump it bump bump Took us, what, about two hours to travel, what, like 50 kilometers or something? I don't know. It was bumpy the whole way, though. And I thought, ah, they're really trying to, um, you know, deter us. It works. It it's, does. It's, an, it's, 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 it's tough love. <laughs> it's a turn back thing. Are you sure we want to go? Is this really this good? But then it does. It turns out so worth it. It was a classic case of travel being all about the journey and not the destination. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And we should also mention, too, in that area, there's a, Costa Rica really does try to be eco-friendly and try to do things that are, you know, sustainable. And at one point, the three of us... Uh, and I think it was your idea, yes. I think, Elise. Yes, well, I wanted to see a coffee finca, a little coffee plantation. And this wonderful guide that we found, actually these are his friends that own this very small finca. And we went there, and she treated us to um, coffee and those wonderful snacks, those empanadas that were homemade, remember? And we all bought coffee there. I thought that was so cool. And we got to eat the coffee beans and all kinds I, of I loved watching the whole process. People don't, I guess some, most people, or maybe, I don't know, people perhaps don't realize that coffee beans are not beans. They're the seeds of a fruit. Right. And you can eat the fruit. It doesn't taste very good. But, you know, the money's with the beans on the inside, the, the pits. And the whole process I thought was fascinating. And to realize... What it would take to pick a sack of coffee beans, uh, all-day adventure, and I guess the poor people down there, I mean, that's like a, you might earn $25 for a day's labor. And the whole thing was just so family-owned. It was very, very small. And that's what made it so neat to actually shake the hand of the actual farmer and his wife. And again, super kind people uh, that invite you into their home. And Gordon, we all ended up buying, I'm not even a coffee drinker, <laughs> and we all ended up buying a, some coffee because it was just such a positive experience. Yeah, these people were definitely practitioners of organic farming techniques with uh, 
with shade-grown uh, coffee trees and uh, the the old-fashioned approach to picking uh, the, uh, the the cherries, the fruit uh, by hand, and uh, using uh, their own homemade uh, equipment to strip the, the the fruit off of the the beans and dry uh, it, all dry of them it. and grind them the and whole then, thing. Uh, sell them to uh, to the hotels there in the Monteverde area. And I guess, Gordon, you're you're well aware from the, the, of this sustainable farming practices that um, this costs a little bit more to do it this way, but uh, it's it's something that people are willing to pay for. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that you know people have have voted with their dollars and, and said that they are willing to pay for that kind of uh, approach to uh, to growing coffee. Well, at, at this point in our tale, unfortunately, the the party broke up. At least you had to uh, to leave to come back home because you were coming back a little bit early. And that um, you had an adventure trying to find a hammock. <laughs> it was great. I I don't know. I, I just always wanted a Costa Rican hammock, and I did get one. Thanks for you guys pulling over to the side of the road. <laughs> and you know, I to me, it's. I, half of the adventure to me besides you know you want to bring something back that reminds you besides your memories and I want to put this hammock in my backyard as soon as it gets nice outside and every time I look at it I'll think of Costa Rica and you guys <laughs> <laughs> well we put you on a shuttle that morning and they got you yeah. back to the airport and you were whisked back to California but uh, you and I had a couple days left Gordon and I want to just say I hope you got a picture of those monkeys in the res- that one monkey in particular in the reserve I have plenty of pictures of you and your little furry friend, Doug. <laughs> There's several different types of monkeys in Costa Rica. The spider monkey, a very long-limbed version, kind of hangs up in the treetops. Not the most, I guess, entertaining or gregarious, I would think of, among the monkey species. But for some reason, in this one in this one area, the monkey came down and was like my pal. Like It was love at first sight. <laughs> I guess, I guess it knew its own. But <laughs> now that that really was a high point for me. I, I it was so strange. It was like primate to primate. The monkey just came down, stuck stuck its hand out. I put my arm out, and then the monkey just put its like head on my thigh, like it was just going to take a nap. And I think it damn near would have if if you know at some point it hadn't moved away. But it was completely comfortable with people. It was the it was the damnedest thing. That was very very strange. That was at the uh, nature preserve on the Nicoya Peninsula near uh, Kourou, and uh, if, if you're in that part of Costa Rica, definitely going to the Kourou Nature Preserve is, uh, is well worth doing. In addition to the, the spider monkey that, that you had that encounter <laughs> with, Doug, we also saw the white-faced uh, capuchin monkeys, uh, we saw howler monkeys, we saw deer, so there's a lot of wildlife there uh, in that part of Costa Rica. And I guess in particular, that preserve was someone who was uh, who had worked very hard as a private citizen to establish a private reserve, but back before such things were even you know thought of really. And they said we have to keep this area natural the way it's been for a number of reasons, and and they succeeded. Yeah, another great thing uh, uh, that we did in that area was to go kayaking off the the coast. Uh, from Kourou to the Islas Tortuga, and those are, are definitely very, very scenic. Not inhabited, but just a, a, 
you know, a few hundred yards uh, offshore, and you can rent kayaks uh, quite inexpensively and paddle around for half a day or so and get some incredible <laughs> pictures of beautiful tropical islands. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I must say that little side trip to Nicoya, we took the ferry off the town of Punta Arenas, took the ferry out, took the ferry back, and uh, it was a really wonderful way to kind of bring things to a close. Definitely. We stayed in the town of Tambor, which is not a very touristy kind of uh, a village, but there, uh, there are a couple of excellent hotels uh, in town. And if you want uh, a quieter uh, village rather than, you know, the, the more raucous ones that, that cater to the uh, beer drinkers, uh, then, yeah, Tambor and, and Kuru are two great little villages. All right, so when are we going back? <laughs> I'm ready well, to... I'm, I'm thinking Argentina and Chile for my next trip, uh, actually. So maybe two or three more years before I get uh, to Costa Rica again. But I'm definitely going to go back. I'll work something on the way back, because I know all you've got to get is one of those carnetas, the Febre Amarillo, in your set. Uh, I saved mine, yes. <laughs> I saved it. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm planning to recycle mine as well. Gordon Smith, always a pleasure, and look forward to uh, some adventures we hopefully will take in the future. Thanks, Doug. All right, so officially, Elisa, and thanks to you as well for uh, telling this tale and for the original idea of, of surf camp in Costa Rica. Well done. You're welcome. Everybody should do it once. At least. <laughs> this program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett.